Hey, thank you, worship team. Thank you, guys. Uh, there are times, and this morning was included, where uh, sometimes I don't, I find myself um, not actually singing and just being carried along by your voices. Um, I appreciate that. So thank you for your part in worship this morning. Um, well, welcome to a, a brand new series uh, this morning. This is our Christmas series, and we're calling it The Package Deal. Um, I was thinking about this reality that I have now um, given 10 Christmas messages at Grace Point Church since I've been here. Exciting? Now, do you know, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the applause is for. Like, we made it through them and we're still alive, I don't know. But, you know, how many times has the story changed in 10 years? Right? I mean, it's, you kind of know the story, okay? I mean, little baby, manger, I've, I've said it 10 times, okay? And now, now this is 11 that we're, we're working on. So you guys are either really patient or we're coming at different angles. But here's a, this is something that I realized I was getting ready for this, that we tend, to, we tend to like watching things that we even know are going to happen, and then we like watching them again, even though we saw it happen. And it's almost like watching stuff in, in slow motion, kind of like this poor guy up here. There's something kind of weirdly like interesting about that <laughs> moment there, isn't it? And especially when you slow it down, and then they're going to kind of bring it back, and then you know, now you know what's going to happen, but you're all watching this happen again, even though you know what's going to happen. Isn't that kind of cool? And then they're going to pause it here just for effect to let you see, like, the moment of impact in this moment. So something funny happens when we slow the action down, right? Something funny happens when we slow the action down. All of a sudden, the thing that we knew was going to happen, we can see in a different way because we slowed it down. And then we start to observe what we did not see before. And then it's very interesting to keep watching that poor guy over and over and over again. And this is kind of what's behind the, the package deal is that I want to slow down Christmas for us. And I want us to look at it in that kind of detail. In particular, my angle is this. We want to look at this little baby who was born because he came as, if you will, if he came kind of as the, the package deal. And, and I don't mean to minimize Jesus by saying that, but what I mean is this, that he came and he fulfilled three specific roles of prophet, priest, and king. And we don't always talk about them, but what I want to do with us for the next three weeks is slow it down and look at this little baby that came as prophet today, priest next week, king on Christmas morning. My hope for us is just really simple. My hope for you in this series is not that you get more knowledge. I think you will get more knowledge. Uh, some of you already know this formula of prophet, priest, and king. My goal is not to give you more knowledge. My hope for you is that this series will help this Christmas be for you a spiritually rich time that you will be able to slow down and just, even if it's just for 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, that you can enjoy the richness of the person of Jesus who came at Christmas time. That's my only hope. Yeah, that's my only hope that we can do that. Now, to get there, I want to take you back in time, and this is going to be very exciting for some of you. I want to take you back to a time in high school, and so the best way that I figured I could do that is bring out my, my old um, 
my varsity jacket from high school. See? 10, 2004. You know, 90, 94. See that? Yeah. Pequay Valley basketball. Yeah. That, yeah. In case I lose myself, my name is embroidered on the thing right there. Okay? So here's the varsity jacket. Isn't that exciting? Now, it's amazing it fits still. I mean, that's a win after, you know, 20 years by itself. But here's the deal. I want to take you back in time when I played basketball at Pequay Valley. Um, and it's funny putting it on, and I kind of get back into the high school mode for a minute, which is a scary place in my brain to live. So we're playing basketball. I'm on the team, and we're doing some crazy things. And um, <laughs> we, t- we take a night, and um, it's kind of actually... Um, I don't know that I've ever, ever told any of you this story or not, because it's not really a glory story. It's actually kind of, uh, well, relatively embarrassing and kind of shameful, and I wish I never would have done it kind of story. Um, but I need to take you back there, because it was one night, and our team went out. It was kind of at the end of the season. I think I was a senior um, or maybe a junior trying to prove myself as you know, someone who can be ready to go and play my senior year. I don't know. But, you know, we're, the guys, the basketball guys are out. We're going out. We're hanging out um, maybe Friday night into Saturday or something. And someone has the idea, like, let's go get a bunch of eggs you know, to make omelets, right, at midnight. No, 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 not to make omelets. Um, but, you know, let's go have some fun. And, you know, maybe they can get some dishwasher or uh, is it um, dishwashing soap to put in lawns. Is that what you do? I, I don't know. We didn't actually do that one. But the guys are deciding. They're thinking, and you know how this happens when guys are, are – um, in groups like this, like the, we, we know now like the frontal cortex brain thing of boys of that age just isn't developed until they're like 87, right? And then like, well, I should have thought about what I did and I just didn't think about it. It just seemed like a good idea. And then I, I did it really without thinking about the consequences. So that's kind of what we do. And then you're around guys and then just one guy says this to the other and then it just kind of builds and all of a sudden you're getting carried along and you're getting carried along and at first you're just going to hang out and then someone says something dumb and then there's not even alcohol involved yet. You know, you're just kind of getting crazy together and then alcohol is another story, but that wasn't part of our story that night. But you, you kind of get carried along and carried along by ideas of, hey, we should toilet paper this person's house when they, well, let's toilet paper the whole place, you know, let's egg this and let's egg that. And, you know, and then you wonder why did the guy come chasing you with the gun, you know, at the one place that you stopped at? Well, I don't know, maybe because we're idiots and we didn't think about the consequences of that because we're just dumb, okay? So we're, we're driving around and someone decides let's get a bunch of eggs and we go to different places. And I'm, and I'm thinking now that I'm, you know, my age, I'm thinking, what were, what were we thinking, you know? What was wrong with me? You know, what was wrong in my brain? And I remember driving down, and, and I still remember my friend's Jeep, my, the old Jeep we were in, and we're driving by the, the police station down there on Route 30, the state police across from Kmart, Easttown Mall. And the thought passes through my mind, like it would be a good idea to egg the police station sign. <laughs> and so I did. <laughs> you know, and you're like, where does this come from? You just get carried along and carried along into these stupid little ideas along the way. And you know what would have been, would have been really good? Is if somewhere along the way, somewhere that night, someone would have said, this is a bad idea. If only there would have been someone kind of standing in the road. Not literally. I might have egged them that night. But someone standing there in the road and saying, this is a bad idea. Don't get carried away. Don't get carried away by the foolish thinking 
of all the people who are around you. Don't get carried away by the stupidity of this night. Don't do it. Don't do it. And this, this is exactly what a prophet does. This is exactly what a prophet does. He stands in the road and he says, don't get carried away by the thinking that is around you. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful what you listen to. This is the voice of a prophet. And I wish I would have had a prophet on that night. I wish I would have. I didn't. I didn't. And I'm getting hot. (laughs) This story is not too difficult for us to see the parallels to for us. And it's not too difficult for us to see biblically a group of people who were in danger of being carried away into thinking that they should not have been thinking. And it's that group of people that I want to go um, with you to now to study what they're about. And if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a book in the Old Testament. It's the, the fifth book in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of what we call the Pentateuch, which is a great word to use. You will never use that except in church. Uh, Or if you want to use that with your kids as a threat, I will Pentateuch you. They won't know what that means, but it sounds intimidating. Deuteronomy chapter 18 is where we're going to be this morning, uh, beginning at verse 14. And what's happening in Deuteronomy is... Moses uh, is, is involved in the story now, and there's this anticipation after they've gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, into Deuteronomy. There's this anticipation of taking over the land, okay, taking over kind of the promised land that was promised to them. They haven't done it yet, and, and, and God is speaking to them now, kind of giving them a warning about what to expect when they come and take over the land. And so we see what happens here in verse 14 of Deuteronomy 18. By the way, I should say, if you don't have a Bible with you or don't own one, our Bibles in the pew are our gift to you. Uh, You can take them with you this morning. Uh, Verse 14, the nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. We're going to stop right there at verse 14. The nations you will dispossess, and what's the next word? Listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. So to us, that sounds kind of clinical. I want you to stop and think about this for a minute. In other words, Moses, I want you to warn the people. When you go, when you go to take over the land, I I want you to know that there are going to be people there that you will meet. You're not going to kill them all. I mean, there's still going to be people there. You're not going to completely eradicate them. I want you to know that the remnants of what they do will impact you and your culture. I want you to know that as you get into this culture, this society, while perhaps being dominant, you will still be involved and influenced, potentially influenced by the people who are there. The people who are there, just so you know, just a warning, they are used to sorcery. They are used to divination. In other words, they're not saying there's no God. They're saying that my way to get truth from God is different than yours. And here's what's going to happen. It's going to be Friday night, and you're going to be invited over to someone's house, and they're going to have a little divination party that evening. They will have had family and friends over. They will tell stories 
of what it was like the last time we heard from our God. And it will be powerful, and it will sound good, and it will be strong, and you will know them, and you will respect them in the business community, and then they will tell you these things about what they do and how they connect to God. And he says, do not listen to that. They're going to have daughters that your sons are going to think are beautiful. They're going to want to marry them. And then they're going to make excuses as to why they should marry them because they're so beautiful. But they lean on sorcery, divination. In other words, different ways of getting to God. Don't listen to them. They're going to give you stories of power and strength of how, yes, their answers are right and for generations they've survived this way and why change now and it's going to sound convincing and I just want you to know, don't listen to them. Don't get carried away. Don't listen to them. But instead of that, he says in verse 15, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must what? Listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God nor see this great fire anymore or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a what? Prophet like you from among the brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command them. He will tell them everything I command them. What's at stake as the people are getting ready to take on the land is this issue. Who or what will you listen to? Who or what will you listen to? When you go into the land, there are going to be people who are going to be very convincing, very attractive, very interesting, have great stories to tell, and be successful. But their way of getting truth is wrong. Don't listen to that. But instead, there will be a prophet who will come listen to him. Now, Moses is um, involved here in Deuteronomy. Moses is the, the foundational prophet, if you will, of the Old Testament. What happened from here on out, a quick history of Israel, if you don't know it, the people go in and take the land, and they, they succeed in taking the land, but they fail in the mission of bringing God to the people that they are um, kind of ousting, if you will. They are not the light to the world that they should be. And over time, over time, and you know this if you read your Bible at all, the people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, they gave in to the worldview, the mindset, the thinking of those of whom they came and were a part of. And so what happens over time then is you have the cycle of the nation of Israel turning toward this sorcery and divination, turning toward the wrong things, and God kind of raising up among them a prophet to come and speak truth to them. So you have people in the book, uh, books like Isaiah or Jeremiah, and Jeremiah's always crying, and the weeping prophet, you know, kind of weeping over the, the hard-heartedness of the nation. You have people like Amos, you know, the farmer who was very, uh, very powerful prophet in this time. You've got people like Micah and, and ultimately Malachi. You've got, you got all these prophets throughout the history of Israel because they constantly were, uh, were failing and needing to be brought back, failing and needing to be brought back, failing and needing to be brought back. And so over time, there kind of became this hope from this passage in Deuteronomy, verse 18 in particular, that, that someday there will be a prophet to end all prophets. Someday there will be a prophet to come who will speak the truth in a way that no one else has. There will be a prophet who will come. And every time one of these little prophets came along, the people in Israel were thinking, maybe this is the guy. 
Amos, maybe he's the guy. No, he's not here anymore. Micah, maybe he's the guy. No, no, he died. Malachi, maybe Malachi is the guy. Maybe he's the prophet. And every time throughout the history of Israel, there kind of became this anticipation and then disappointment. Anticipation and disappointment. Anticipation and disappointment that maybe this prophet, maybe this prophet is the one to stand in the road and say, this is the way, walk in it. But each one of them died. And as a consequence, the nation continued to turn back to evil practices. Until one day after Malachi is done, 400 plus years of silence. Until one day on a hillside, a Galilean hillside. Now generation after generation after generation after generation, no prophet coming until one day. There's a man and his followers, a couple thousand people on the hillside. And this man, you know him as Jesus. He's speaking, and all these people are coming to listen to him. And it comes time for lunch, and the disciples are like, hey, hey, Jesus, you've been talking for a long time. And we're still with you, but I know some people in the back row are getting tired. They're getting hungry. They're ready to leave. Can we give them a break for lunch? Send them back so they can eat. And Jesus is like, well, here's an idea. Why don't you feed them? Which the disciples are like, very funny, Jesus. We don't have our, you know, Panera card with us or anything. You know, we can't do that um, it, it, too much. In fact, they said it would take eight months' wages for us to feed the thousands of people that are here. 5,000 people. So if you know the story, Jesus says, all right, fair enough. Um, why don't you bring that boy in the back there to me? You know, the one back there, five loaves, two fish, just come up here. All right, let's, let's just pray for the meal, five and two, and then go ahead and put it in baskets and carry it out. And if you know what happened, all of a sudden the entire crowd is full from this miracle of feeding them. And in that moment, here's what begins to happen. Not from Jesus, not from his disciples, but from someone in the back of the crowd. Someone in the back of the crowd begins to say, could this be? Could this be? It's been over 400 years since we've had a prophet. Could this be the one? Isn't there something in the book of Deuteronomy about a prophet? My grandparents always read that story to me and I got bored, but maybe there's something. And here's what began to get through the crowd. In John chapter 6, John records it this way, because the people in the crowd begin to say this, surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. Illusion all the way back to Deuteronomy, the anticipation that all of a sudden there is one to stand in the road and in the way to say, this is the way, walk in it. Don't get carried away, but stay here and stand here. And for the rest of Jesus' life on earth, there was discussion and, and disagreement and agreement on whether this man is the prophet or not. And some believe, yes, he is, and yes, he has authority to speak. And others are like, no, let's kill him, let's kill him, let's kill him. It can't be him. We're just going to make him one of the other prophets who came and died and came and died and came and died. That's all he is. Yeah, he's speaking some kind of truth, but I'm telling you, when we kill him, it's over. And so they kill Jesus. And as you know the story, all of a sudden, they've got to do a cover-up because this guy seems to come back to life. And what do we do? And they haven't been able to produce Jesus' body even to date. 
the resurrection happens. This prophet they killed comes back to life. And so, in the book of Acts, after the resurrection of Jesus, Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, who not too long ago was confronted by a very intimidating junior high girl. And Peter was asked around a campfire by a junior high girl, Hey, are you one of the people who follow Jesus? Peter, you know, nervous as anything, is like, no, no. Who are you talking about? I'm here for s'mores. I mean, what are you talking about? And three times, Peter denies knowing Jesus. And then, just a short time later, all of a sudden, Peter finds himself in front of another crowd of thousands of people. Another miracle has just happened, and Peter wants to clarify once and for all, who is this man? Was he the prophet or not? And here's what he says to the group gathered. He says this in Acts chapter 3. He said, For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. You must listen to everything he tells you. And then he says this, Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. In other words, he was the one. He is the one. Of all the things, of all the ideas that you will listen to, the prophet stands in the road and brings the truth of God to you. And when Jesus came, he came as the prophet who brought the truth to stand in the way of our silly little ideas about how we should do life, how we should handle anger, how we should handle our relationships, how we should think about faith and salvation and sin, how we should try to get to God. He stood in the way of that, and he said, this is the truth. And he said crazy things, like, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. That's crazy talk. Unless you're the prophet. He said, I am the good shepherd, and no one will take my sheep or snatch my sheep out of my hand. I am the one. And here this man stands, a prophet, who they tried to kill, but kind of came back to life. And so the question is, for them and for us today, is very simple, and it's simply this. Who or what am I listening to? Who or what am I listening to? I mean, imagine this for a minute. Who right now are you listening to? In the, in the stream of being carried away by even, to be honest, for me this week, even the grief of the week, which you all experience the different degrees, I experience the different degree, even the grief of this week that threatens to carry me along into discouragement, into depression, the, the, the movement of that carries me that way. I need, I need someone standing in the way to say, this is the truth. There is hope in redemption. There is hope here. Who's standing in the way of you being carried away by how you see your marriage right now? It is easy to be carried away. Be carried away and start to think the worst of your husband or your wife to stop believing the best about them, to think it's always going to be this way. People around me are telling me I can do whatever I want in my marriage anyway. So, hmm, whatever. I'm just going to kind of get carried away. Who or what am I listening to? Jesus stands in the way, brings the truth of God. Who's standing in the way as you give way to your anger, 
Do you allow your anger to kind of come through with your employees, with your kids, with your friends, with your ex who dumped you for no good reason at all, whom you're still stalking on Facebook and bitter about? Who is standing in the way there? Who or what are you listening to there that says, don't get carried away with your silly little idea of vengeance? Who or what are you listening to when it comes to your money? When we know, we know we talked about this, the world is just saying, come on, you need just a little bit more, you need a little bit more. All of a sudden, Jesus comes in and, we, and he says something really crazy. He says something like, you know, hey, the, the birds of the air have their nests. You've seen them. The foxes have their holes, but the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. Wow, that was good. That was good. Now I just need to make a little more money. Somewhere in the middle of that, that stands in contrast to this desire that we have. And so the question for us is who or what? Am I listening to? Because you know this. If you have ever been where I have been, where you're in a situation where you're getting carried away and the people around you are encouraging you, you know you need someone to stand in the road as the prophet and say, listen, here's the truth. Here's the truth about faith. Here's the truth about God. Here's the truth about love. Here's the truth. And I'm telling you, I don't know about you, but about me. The one that I'm going to listen to is the one who said, who's predicted, I'm going to die. But after I die, I'm coming back to life again. And when he does that, I'm going to listen to anything someone like that says, as hard as it might be. And so Jesus comes as the prophet to stop us in the way and say, don't get carried away by your ideas. Don't get carried away by your silliness. Stop and listen. So, so what can we do? Here's what we can do. Here's something I'd like to give to you this morning. What we have in the back uh, on the way out this morning is a simple card. It's a business card, okay? Business card size. And, and all that I'm asking for you to do this week, if you'd like to, you can take one of these. And on it is a little prayer. And here's, here's the spirit behind it. I'm going to read it and then explain it. Dear God, Today I resolve to listen to you. Teach me your truth. Point out where I listen to other people or ideas instead of you and give me courage to do what I know I should do with what I hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Simple prayer. Simple prayer. Focus on the prophet who has come, the one who has stood in the way, saying, don't get carried away. I actually might have some things to say to you if you'll stop and listen. And this is who Jesus is, the prophet, the one who has come to bring us the truth. And can you imagine what it would be like if you don't listen to the prophet? Can you imagine what it would be like? How self-focused, how limited, how pressure-filled life will be we just say, hey, I think I got this. I think I have an idea. I got friends who know. I got people who know. I can handle this one. And all the while, we have a guy who has an eternal perspective, who has come as a prophet to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the hope of the world. Stop and listen. And so, the prayer, God, today, help me listen to you to stop in my way before I get angry before I say something I shouldn't, before I say something dumb, before I just pursue more money and pursue more accolades, before I give up on commitments I made, 
before I say something really bad to someone who's grieving, right? Before I do all that, let me just stop and try to listen. What is it that you have? Who or what are you listening to? Jesus came as a prophet, priest, and king. As prophet, he says, I'm here. I'm here to bring you the truth of God. You'll find these on the way out this morning. My hope, once a day, early morning on the way home, put it on the dashboard in your car, bedside, stand, back of your phone, Facebook status, whatever you need. Remind yourself, I want to listen to the one who's came to bring me the truth. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this morning for the truth that you are a good and loving God who has sent us the prophet, Jesus, to stand in the way and be the one who directs us to truth and directs us to hope. And I pray that you would give us the courage to listen well. Not just to listen, but to do what we know we should do with what we hear. I pray, Father, that you would not allow us to make excuses for our decisions, for our behavior, when we know that we need to change something in relationship to our faith and our trust in you. We know that you have come to be, as the song says, Emmanuel, the one with us, to walk with us and be with us. And part of that is the one who stands here and says, hey, before you go down that road, let me just think with you for a minute about what it looks like to make wise decisions and healthy decisions because Jesus is the prophet who is to come. In Jesus' name we pray.